127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew. I feel like I had to return it to the OG. Thank you. After last week, the girls being on here. I don't even remember what the intro was. It was like, uh, they did a great job, by the way. But it was like uh, their intro. Yo. It's like, ayo. Ayo. Yo. Girls are on the podcast. <laughs> and so I felt like I had to, to bring that energy back into the room. Thanks. Um, but thank you, the ladies that were in the room. It was, it was what? Uh, Sierra, Madeline, Bailey, and Hammer. Hammer. Um, thank you guys for, for jumping in and doing mm. a really good job talking about service. One more time. Um, and we, we need to get them back on. One more time. So, two um, more times. Two more times for what? Bring them back again three more times. Mm, okay. Just let them take over whenever. Yeah. Whenever I'm a uh, MIA, mm. just throw them in here, which happens a lot. Why do you have to be gone? Mm, I don't know. Maybe let's put you in there with them. We should <laughs> tighten your mic, Caleb. You're just chasing that thing all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Just chasing that thing all over the yeah. place. Yeah. I said uh, you're wearing a nice hat. And where'd you get it, by the way? It's for those not in the room, which is a lot of you, basically everyone listening. Uh, it's a gray A&M baseball hat. Yeah. Um, I got it for Valentine's Day for my wife. Wow. What a gift. She knows. All right. She's like, hey, we got to get him hats for baseball. Yeah. And uh, just getting ready for Aggie baseball. We're Like, we're ready to go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I, I got her a plant. <laughs> what kind of plant? I don't know. <laughs> a ficus. Uh, I don't think it's ficus. a ficus. I think I know what a ficus is. But Fern. it's... Uh, it's not fern. It's some sort of a rose. What y'all keep? Okay, um, hydrogeny. I don't know what that Nate. means. Cactus. Miss. Sort of cactus. Sort of. What are the succulents? That's what they're succulents. called. Succulents. succulents. But it's like five or six different ones. That's in a, a segue. Pot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all together, and so went and got her uh, Texas Road Mouse for dinner, and then. <laughs> he's so happy about his transition. This is why we need cameras in here. Um, and, uh, and a succulent. Out. Wait, you guys went to where? Who? Texas who? Your tag is sticking out in the back of your head. Uh, the hat? Yeah. I probably did that. Did it's like right there, yeah. He said Texas oh, Road who took it? Roadhouse? Yes. Or Road said, Mouse? I said Road Mouse is what I said. Oh. But yes, Roadhouse. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Did you see, by the way, the uh, the new baseball jerseys that got released? The MLB ones? Mm-hmm. That look terrible? I didn't see these. No. They, so they're basically identical to last year, but they like redid them and they just look 10 times less quality. And it's actually wild. I saw an article about it this Are morning. they it like the people? team jerseys? I mean, are they the City Connect jerseys or something it's else? It's all of them. I think they redid all of them. Every um, every team got it's just jerseys. It like, huh. has like more of an off-white kind of look and a little bit more see-through. Um, I don't know. I just not a big fan. Also, in other sports news... Uh, I don't know if anyone in the room really cares, but college football video game. It's back. It's back. Got, got released, okay. released, teased. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, you almost blew my mind when you said released. I was yeah. like, there's no way it's already <laughs> It actually out. dropped today. Yeah. What? I, I think it drops in. Uh, Gotta go. I think they said during the summer. So. You you going to play that? Uh, probably not. But I'm 100% going to play that. I think just On nostalgia. What? Xbox. You got the new one? Yeah. Dang, the, uh. 
the coolest thing about that is that you can create a college athlete in NCAA. Yeah. And then bring train. them into Madden. Yes. Yep. yep. It's incredible. I don't know how they. EA Sports, bro. EA Sports. You, it's in the game. It's in the game. Like it's I'm, the saying, game. I'm saying one of a Mariners new one. But yep. So they, they did a lot of, uh, I want to say it's every team. And a lot of them, they just look cheaper. Yeah. That, that uh, one doesn't look very, very good in my opinion. And so, uh, I don't know. Just interesting, interesting, interesting news. Okay. What else is on your minds? Hmm. People uh, in the room. Uh, D now. Saddle now is happening. Hmm. Starts as we're recording. When is this release? Uh, Here in a little while. Like four ish today. Oh, yeah. D now is tomorrow. Yep. If you're listening to this on Thursday, the uh, 15th. 15th. Mm. Tomorrow, the 16th. Yep. D now begins. I'm super excited about it. I'll tell you what, uh, this is the first uh, time in my life of ministry where I have felt um, ahead of it. Or mm. I'm not scrambling. Yeah. Let's just put it this way. I'm I'm in a room recording a podcast the day before. The day before D now. That's almost yeah. unheard of. Yeah, voluntary, right? Like this yeah. is something that I was like, I want to do that. That sounds fun. Let's go yeah. record a podcast. Uh that would have never happened outside of this year. Huge shout out uh to Joanna. Joanna. Who I believe is the reason that I have this freedom all of a sudden the day before sure. D now is just having a partner in ministry uh, to come alongside and, and help do all the little nitty gritty stuff that she oh, yeah. is uber talented in and I'm not talented in. And we can, Spirit's got to move. I know he will. Uh, and I'm excited to see what it'll do in the life of our students starting tomorrow. Thank you, Zach, for being a D-Now leader. He's in. The group leader for the juniors and seniors. He gets two groups? He juniors and seniors? Juniors yeah. and seniors. The mature ones. He's got a co-leader with him, though. Who is it? Do I? Josh Jordan. Oh, I didn't know. I nice. didn't know I had a co-leader. Oh, yeah, you got a co-leader. Praise. Yep. Josh, Praise. Josh, like a D-Now vet. He he jumps He's into good. those things. Mm. That's fun. Oh and, yes, yeah, yeah. Maddie's yep. correct. That's it. Got it. And and continue to hype Joanna because we should. I asked her to do uh, a quick pre-registration link today on Touchpoint for uh, for an event that's going to happen next <laughs> I was, January. I was about to say it. <laughs> um, you can say it. Like it, it's not okay. a secret. Um, for those of you that are like, you know, the four of you that listen to the podcast that are interested in CrossCon next year, we're opening a pre-registration on Sunday that if you want to go, you can pre-buy your ticket with a small deposit and we'll get it for you and then release all the other plans on how we're getting there. But, but I asked her right in the middle of D now week, Hey, could you do this? And it was like seven minutes and it was done. And so that's one of the things about Joanna is just like, if you ask all of a sudden it's in front of you and I'm like, that's crazy. Bless the Lord. You know what the biggest flex that she has is in my opinion? Um, name tag creating. Mm. She's pretty good at that. Yeah. Like what a talent. Yep. You know how long it would take me to figure out how to make a name tag? Mm-hmm. Uh, and make them look cool. It would take me hours to get all the spellings oh, of yeah. names right. That would be bad. Mm. And then the template to print them and then cutting them correctly and straight. Putting them on lanyards. How do you laminate something? I've never laminated a thing in my life. You either. should do that. Mm. Just find something to laminate? Yeah, we should like after we get done figure out something to laminate what is the th- what is the thickest thing you can laminate uh a 12 year old 
There's no way a 12-year-old. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way a 12. There's not laminating sheets that are big enough for a 12-year-old. It's sort of like when you go and buy the food saver thing and you put a brisket in there and then remove all the air. You basically just laminated the brisket. Can we laminate that lamp? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. That'll be fun. You could probably fit that lamp in there. <laughs> I mean, why not? Even if we, try if, it. we could break it up into small pieces and be like, hey. And then put it back together. Here's your And then put it Legos. back on the bookshelf. Yeah. That would, that would be another form of Legos up there. I Man. dig it. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Here we are. Yeah. You mentioned uh, four viewers, but but this episode is probably going to get a lot more than four viewers. Why is that? Uh, because anytime we put dating in the title, it multiplies immensely the viewership. Uh, and so here we are talking dating 101, just a lot of questions that, that people have. Um, and I guess kind of, kind of starting off pretty, pretty simple. Like what, what does the Bible say about dating? I think that's, there's an obvious answer to that. But, uh, on top of that, what are ways, you know, I'll just say that that way we can address that first. <laughs> pointing at you. Before I get it's pointing at you. Yeah. That was what a, does the Bible say he, about dating? Ethan dead eyed me when you said that. Sorry. Uh, what doesn't the Bible say? How many times does the word dating appear in the Bible? Zero. Zip. What does the Bible say about dating in the Bible? Not much. With some pushes past it. Yeah, with some gymnastics, it says thing. It, it talks about destination, but it doesn't really talk about journey. So mm. it's true. So with that, how do we then? Because I think people aspire if they're listening to this podcast to to be dating in a way that's honoring to God. And so, what are some biblical principles that we can apply? Um, into our dating lives that, again, like we've said, necessarily aren't explicitly in the scriptures, but what are some things we can pull out of the scriptures to apply to our dating lives? And the first thing I can easily say is Matthew six thirty three: seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so that's not a guarantee uh, that you're, that when you seek God's kingdom first, you're going to have a relationship because clearly there are many examples of, of, people that, that did and that, that they didn't end up married or dating or anything like that. Like, look at Paul. But I think the, the first thing that we should be as Christians uh, when we're looking for dating relationships or we're looking for marriage, we ought to be seeking first his kingdom because if, if we're not seeking first his kingdom, then we're really not honoring God at all with any relationship that we're in. So seek first the kingdom. And a relationship will be added. I like Just it. Kidding. <laughs> well, the, the not what I said. It, <laughs> no. Well, it works sort of. We know that's not what you were saying, but but in that the Caleb and maybe you can answer this quickly. I don't know what what's the all these things will be added. What what would you include in that? Now that's big. I'm not saying list all of them because we don't have that much time. Yeah. But to summarize, what are all these things? Yeah, I mean, if you go back in, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about this. But if you go back and read the verse before that, it's Jesus is really um, encouraging his disciples with the fact that the, the Gentiles are asking for all of these things. And what are all these things? Well, if you go back a few verses before, he talks about their, their basic needs, their clothing, their food, their, their drink, like basic things that you need to survive. Yeah. Now, of course, we would say that you don't need to have a, a relationship with a person of the opposite sex to survive. You don't have to have that. But I think, like, again, I think they're basic human um, needs and desires that I think we we really shouldn't put relationship into that but I think that God is kind enough sometimes to you know create us as humans to to need relationships whether they be friendships or um, <clears throat> spouses or anything like that so I think 
it's more primarily talking about, you know, food, water, drink, clothing, all the things that we need to survive. But yeah. yeah. And, and I think you can theologically then connect. There's um, the, the space to understand creation or to understand what God put into function in creation as good gifts from the father that have since the fall been perverted by sin. And that can be anything. Um, we, we do this with, we do this with sex. We do this with relationships. You do this with food. You do that with drink, all of those things that, that have been given as good gifts from God and go, those good gifts, I think can be a part of all of these things, according to God's good plans and purposes, um, to fill a void in us that God has created. And so what we did last year with Matthew chapter 19 during the sex and dating series was highlight why Jesus was talking about divorce and then pull, pull some, or he was questioned about divorce and then pull some of the teaching out of that. And one of the primary things that we see Jesus highlight in the teaching on marriage and even on the teaching on sex is that, that one of man's primary created soul needs was companionship. Yeah. And, and I, and I think I made this one, it might've been on a podcast. It might've been somewhere else when we were talking about the intimacy that's found in, um, in spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And so like one of the reasons why we would not encourage boyfriends and girlfriends to pray together, like it, because there's a minute, there's an intimacy that, um, is built in those spaces that I think is safe for marriage. Um, and so some people will be like, well, then why do you pray with anybody? Mm -hmm. Um, well, well, I, I'm not attracted to Ethan. I mean, I think you're a, you're a, you're a beautiful man. Wow. Um, you look so offended by but, when you first said but that. I mean, that's the first time I'm hearing this. But, I'll tell you what. But, I, but I'm, not, I'm not sexually attracted to him at all. And so, so they allowed two married men to sleep in the same room at DBU over and over again without any thought. This is basically what this is saying. Yeah. You're the only person outside of Melissa that I've slept with more. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a soundbite that's going to be pulled from this podcast. Um, thank you for that. Now, and so, so in that, we were created for companionship. Yeah. Um, it goes a layer beyond that. These guys aren't going to survive this. No. It's, it goes a layer beyond that with, with Ethan and I in a way that Alyssa can only satisfy. Yeah. Um, now, the intimacy that we experience in the spiritual front is allowed now because of marriage. But the, all these things that are added onto this, if you would go, one of my primary needs is companionship. And one of God's primary purposes is to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. If I'm going to connect those two things, I need companionship and I'm called to be fruitful and multiply. That happens in marriage no. and God's created design and order. The only way that you get to marriage in our cultural context in the last 100 years, the thing that we've developed is Dang. this thing called dating. If you skip it, you're weird Yeah, in the American culture. Mm -hmm. Other cultures, it's fine. Here, we're like, what? <laughs> Your yep. parents? Yep. Um, he cost how many goats and now you're married? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thought. Yeah, and yeah. I'm okay with that. But the only way that we get there is by dating. And so in that, the Bible doesn't clearly speak to it, but it speaks to the end. And the all, all these things is how you connect that point. And so we have to address it. That's good. You mentioned this idea of... Um, a lot of spiritual things are saved for a marriage covenant. And so how even in your dating lives do you, um, a lot of people consider it or coin it a evaluation period. And so 
how do you find spiritual compatibility even within that? If there are certain things that need to be reserved for marriage, like where is that line of um, seeing where they're at spiritually, but also not joining together in prayer, not reading the scriptures as a devotional time together? Like where, where is that line? I think the shortcut to that, and I'll let you guys go after this, maybe run with this thought, but, but you will know them by their fruit. Mm. I would much rather from a distance because if I like her and she likes me, the game is really easy to play. Yeah. Like I can fake my way through a relationship and make her think that I really love Jesus by writing the right notes and, and writing out verses. Hey, I'm thinking of you and putting on her windshield and, and those things, that's an easy game to play. For sure. It's not easy to love people. Mm. And so if I would just sit back and go, how does she treat people outside of me? How does she treat waiters and waitresses? How does she treat people that serve her? How does she more than that serve people? Mm -hmm. um, and so I would rather observe her, observe her fruit out loud to yeah. other people than to eat the fake fruit that she's presenting. Mm. That's the challenge for me. And, and again, it's easy to fake through that. We I sort of scratch the surface of that with Genesis 42 preaching this weekend in, in, tough situations or in situations you want, it's pretty easy for you to lie and get what you want or to yeah. present false pretense before people and get what you want. Hmm. Yeah. I, I really like that, that he, what he just said. Cause I think uh, a good example of just like practical things you could do is um, like, like he mentioned of how it's probably not wise for boyfriend and girlfriends to be, you know, praying together or to be doing all these spiritual things. Like, you know, I've, I've heard and uh, I, I think that it's a little strange, but I've heard like guys and girls that are in a relationship doing like a Bible study together. And again, I think that what John just prescribed for you is that you should firstly have your own community for the guy and the girl should have her own community that is pouring into to her and it's pouring into you or vice versa that you are, are growing together with them. And it, um, practicing spiritual disciplines together with them that like John just said, when, when a guy or for a girl, when a girl observes the guy or when the guy observes the girl, he sees her in this tight knit community of people around her or around him that are engaging in spiritual disciplines. Well, um, because I think it's like John said, it's so easy for us to get in this bubble of um, what, what's the word flirtation or, um, and, and, uh, what's the word en enchantment, I guess is the, the word I'm looking for where it's so easy to be distracted yep. and to think that somebody is super, super awesome. When, if you just take a step back and realize, okay, what is their close knit community? Like, are they, hmm. are they in, in some relationships or friendships where they're growing in their understanding of God's word? Hmm. Are they growing in their understanding and compassion for other people? Yep. Like John said, or, or because I think again, that shows itself in how do they treat their waiters? Hmm. You know, how do they. Um, how do they treat the people in the cars next to them when they get cut off in the, in, in traffic? Yeah. Like it's simple things, but how do they, um, how do they act when they're not around you being, being, um, having to put on some image? Yeah. Because when in any relationship in any dating sense, let's be honest here, people are going to put on a front because they want to, uh, show the best version of themselves. And yet, honestly, sometimes that's not really who they are as a person. And so you really, I, I would encourage anybody for guys or for girls just to examine their community closely. Yeah. We uh, taught last night in youth kind of on the love of God. So we took first John um, four, read it over the students. You know, we love because God first loved us. 
love your brothers and sisters. If you claim that you love the Father, yet hate your brothers and sisters, the love of the Father is not in you, and you're not in Him, right? And then we wrote adjectives of who God is, what His character is. And on it, there were things that are um, solely characteristics of Him, like all-powerful, sovereign, uh, omnipotent, you know, all those things, right? But then it was like trustworthy, thoughtful, caring, uh, loving, brave, gentle, nice, you know. Um, Ephesians 5.1, Therefore be imitators of God, as dearly loved children, and walk in love, as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. We are called to be imitators of God. We are called to love First, we are called to uh, meet people, strangers, relationships, friendships, uh, you know, sibling relationships, parent relationships. We are called to meet relationships with love. Yeah. Um, anything outside of that is not God's design uh, for the way we are to relate to his children. Mm. And so in dating in marriage, in friendship, we are called to be imitators of God. Mm. We are called to walk in love as Christ also loved us. Anything outside of that, I don't think is God's design for relationships. And so as we pursue marriage, uh, which it's really hard for me not to say it the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it was in my brain. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> it's, it's, Mm-hmm. important to understand that when you look at somebody who maybe you're interested in, maybe you get these little butterflies or when you see him, you get all happy or when you see him, you're <laughs> reminded pupils of like dilate. pancakes and maple syrup, right? Is that what yeah. you smell? Yeah. Okay. The way they smell. Right? <laughs> you smell like pancakes. They smell like, if they smell like pancakes and maple syrup to you, that means you're in love or you think you're in love, right? Yeah. Mm. But when you're noticing that person, do they imitate God? Or then imitator of God. I think that that's, Caleb, I, th- I really do think that that's where you were going, right? Is the way yeah. that they are acting around people that they know, yeah. who they are in their community, what is their character, what is their integrity, yeah. who is this person? Do they imitate God? Are they walking in love? Do they love others? Is their yeah. first response to strangers or friends or their parents' love first, right? Yeah. And if it's, if that's the case, then, you know, who am I? I'm nobody, first of all, to tell you who are not to date unless I know you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do think that being an imitator of God is kind of a, a prerequisite in yeah. somebody's uh, maturity uh, yeah. to date. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So you take First Corinthians 13, which which connects to what you did in First John. Yep what the love is, it's what's going to be read at the majority of people's weddings and whatnot. Yep. This is the type of love. And if Caleb, God, Caleb is, yeah, if the, man, <laughs> but if, 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 <laughs> if God is, if God is love, and then these are these characteristics that he, um, puts on display. Yeah. And that's the type of person that you want to marry. You want that type of person to display those things. And so then you prioritize that person's character over anything else. And this brings us full circle. That word character is Chirox is the original word is a, is a type of metal engraving tool that leaves the same imprint, no matter what you dip it in. Mm. 
And, and so that's your, that is your measure for somebody's character. Do they treat other relationships all the same? And that's the best, again, it goes back to our point. That's the best cross section. How are they treating their parents? How are they treating their friends? How are they treating their siblings? How are they treating the waiter or the waitress? Do they keep their word is a pretty important. We, we even talked about that last year. Can they, can they hold a job? Can they go to class? Can they like things that you want to be faithful measures? Yeah. And then we took it all the way. And this is a good one in the dating side of things. This is, it's careful. Cause I don't even want any of our people to get to this point, but this is a guy and a girl measure. Can they keep their hands off of you? Are they patient? That's a big deal. Mm. Um, Are they patient in the dating relationship? Because if they're not to the point that they can keep their hands off of you in this stage, then here's the hard word. If if, if they can't control themselves now, what makes you think that they can control control themselves in marriage? Mm. Um, And it's much more difficult. Month one, dating you, you would think, hey, they can focus on me, but they can't keep their hands off of me. What about year 15 in marriage when, mm. when I'm not as attractive, when yeah. there's probably better options in their mind out there? Um, and so that character comes alive in different places. It's easiest and it's safest to see in other relationships before you allow yourself to be the thermometer or the barometer of that relationship. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I... Y'all can probably disagree with me on this, but I think Come on. I like of, to disagree. some of the two most prominent relationships, I think for, if you're interested in someone to look at is, is their family relationships, which sometimes is broken. Sure. Um, and so don't let that be the measurement, but how do they treat those in their family? And secondly, how do they treat unbelievers Yeah, are, are the two uh, biggest things for me, it's easy to be, to be kind and loving and patient and all these things towards believers because we have the same ideals. But when I go into a family setting where Again, there's some disagreements when I go into an unbeliever setting and there's even bigger disagreements within that space. How do they respond in those situations um, is is wildly key. Um, and again, I, the evaluation period, I think, is a good way to phrase it. But also, I, like, I feel like sometimes it brings a negative connotation of like, oh, I'm putting you under the test. Um, and sure. so like what how is the how do we walk into a dating relationship with the view of like this is evaluation, but I'm not like every last thing is being, you know, a check mark or an X, like, where do we find that balance? I'm going to, I'll let you guys. Yeah. I just, <laughs> he's sneezing. And I wanted to, I wanted to mention something that like Zach said, like, um, verse uh, Luke six twenty seven. Jesus is talking to, uh, in the, in the sermon on the plane. And he says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Hmm. And so I think I really just like what Zach was saying there about you want to date people. You want to marry people that are are loving those who hate them yeah. and, and loving those that are difficult to love. Because if you just continue to um, maybe I think it was maybe in a, in a different um, section, but Jesus later says that even the, the Gentiles can mm-hmm. love people that love them. Mm-hmm. And that's really a shot at the, the at the Gentiles, because it's saying like it's really not that hard to love people that are nice, that are kind. And yet what's really takes real love and the spirit ultimately is, is to love people that are difficult. And so I think a diagnostic that we can look at is who do I know that, that loves people that are really, really tough to love? Who, Mm. who do I know that does good to people, even when they're not going to get anything in return? Mm. You know, James says that pure and undefiled religion is this to care for the widows and the orphans. And I don't know if you, you know this, but widows and orphans can offer you nothing in return. 
Uh, and so I think even just the idea that I, I'm looking for someone, guys, I'm looking for a girl, girls, I'm looking for a guy that is so kind to people, even when he expects nothing in return. And even maybe when he's been um, ridiculed or mocked or shamed, because ultimately that's the character of Jesus mm-hmm. to love those that, that didn't love him in return, to, to love those that were going to shame him and, and to um, submit to those who, who were going to ridicule and mock him. And so I, I think, again, what e- like what Ethan mentioned earlier, you're really looking for people that imitate the character of God yeah. and the person of Jesus. I think if we made <clears throat> like a top five list of most important things in marriage, mm. honesty uh, is going to be in that top five list. Sure. Like without it a It better doubt. be. Yeah. And so when you get to First John um, 420, if anyone says, I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. Mm. Um, when speaking on love, when speaking about the importance of loving others the way God has loved us, there is no place for dishonesty. And so in marriage, if a top five characteristic or a top five, uh, you know, important thing is honesty, if hatred exists in a person's heart, they are, if a believer, a liar mm-hmm. and not honest. And so be quick to deny your feelings. <laughs> be quick to reject kind of the uh, charm of an individual, uh, especially if they have charmed you, right? Like a little whatever. Uh, if you see them hating other people. Yeah. If you see them rejecting or outcasting people that don't look like them, if you see them denying conversation uh, of God's love to those who need it in public and, you know, uh, self-control is hard. Mm. It's a hard thing to learn. It's a hard thing to practice. Um, It's even harder when, the thing you're trying to self-control is um, feelings of love and belonging. You know, I think that the people's loneliness can sometimes drive them to jumping into a relationship in an immature way that leads to destruction. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, this conversation of is, is dating biblical uh, in today's context of leading to marriage. Right. Um, but we got to be careful. And I think we have to teach people um, kind of a better way of looking at what it means to be in a relationship and kind of the importance. Like, I don't think in today's culture, there is an importance of dating. Like people just date. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there are fifth graders who have boyfriends and girlfriends. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think what? you're going to marry this person. Like, you know, yeah. uh, sometimes they do mm-hmm. rarely. But Scotty Taylor, I think that we, <laughs> I think that we have to do a better job, yeah, uh, as leaders and as people who can discern this conversation in teaching those who can't discern this kind of conversation, mm-hmm. like, hey, dating is something that leads to this, yeah. and yeah, the person that you are um, attracted to. There's a rubric (laughs) of, you know, biblical love Mm. that they need to have in order for this to work. It's good. Yeah, I I think I think, too. And and before I mention this, I I just want to say that a lot of these things that we're saying go both ways. And so 
as much as we could tell somebody listening that you should be looking for this and a person, if, if you're not exhibiting these yeah. characteristics yourself, then how dare you mm. expect God to bring you somebody that is um, walking in a lot of these same things. But I, I, th- I think another interesting uh, biblical verse to just go to is first Corinthians five, um, nine. I wrote to you in my letter, my letter not to associate with sexual immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy or the swindlers and idolaters. Since then you would need to go out of the world. In other words, Paul there is saying that we should associate with the, the people that are not believers that are doing those things because they need Jesus. They're in the world. But then he says, but in verse 11, but now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or an as idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. And so what Paul is saying there is that for those that are in the church that are claiming to be believers, but they're exhibiting these characteristics, you should not surround yourself with them. Hmm. Because according to 15, or in the same book, but 1533, bad company corrupts good character. Yeah. And so really, again, in your, in your search for a relationship, or as you examine yourself to examine whether or not I'm, I'm ready for a relationship, I would assume, or I would ask yourself, or you should ask yourself, sorry, that firstly, am I, am I exhibiting any of these characteristics and yet claiming to be a brother mm-hmm. or, or a sister of, of in, the, in the faith? Yeah. Because if I'm doing these things, I'm really a hypocrite. And if I'm not doing these things, am I attracted or am I seeking after people that are doing these things? Because if I'm if I'm seeking after these things, then then Paul would tell me that I my my, my character is being corrupted. Hmm. So really, those are the things I would I would challenge now the listener with. Really seek after godliness. We we, we can't mention it enough. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I think we had a lot on on a lot of good green flags. I think we started to head into the the red flag territory. Ooh, um, you going back to the so, green? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, we're going deep into the red. Oh Whoa. gosh. Um, and, and I also, I want to, I want to phrase the question though, too. <laughs> What's of redder like, than red? Sorry. No, this no. is a mistake. Blood. Deep going, Zach. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. What's redder than red? Blood. Dark red. <laughs> Darkish red. Um, so with, with red flags, I guess the, the simple question is <laughs> what are, what are red flags when you're, when you're looking for someone in dating? But also I want to turn it to the question of like, maybe some, some ways to recognize red flags in your own life to go. Yeah, I'm not ready. Crimson. Um, what are some crimson flags? <gasps> so, no, okay. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I teach this from a different way. And in a lot of my standpoint, so much of relationships within community being so important. I, I just want to throw dating out the window, sort of. And, and I know we can't do that. I know we can't return to the biblical times where the community picture picture mate. Um, We've tried, and and so because there's a lot of negative that <laughs> there's a lot of negative he's, that he's goes, tried. He's tried to pick your mate. Um, there's a lot of negative that comes along with that. But so I'm kind of I'm okay with where we're at. We just need to be able to to navigate it. And so when I teach from the positive here, now when you ask about the crimson colored flags, how do you flip that over to the negative? And so we'll make a point like you need to prioritize character over chemistry. And so a red mm-hmm. flag would be somebody who is physically attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Like that's a weird thing to say, but if their approach to you is like, man, girl, you're fine. Can I get your number? Um, that's a, that instantly, most of our Christian girls would go, you're a clown, walk away. Yeah. Ooh, I would think, a lady. um, but, mm-hmm. but if, if their, if their approach to you 
is outside of the realm of friendship first, because marriage is going to be ultimately about lifelong companionship, lifelong yeah. friendship, where character is is much more of high value than chemistry. Mm-hmm. And when you fall in love with somebody's character, then the physical side of it comes really easy, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so if you would go, hey, culture screams that physical importance is of of utmost importance. Physical appearance is of utmost importance, and somebody is pursuing you under that same umbrella, I would go crimson flag. Mm. That's, that's a deep red flag right there. Um, because I mean, even, even in scripture, first Peter, uh, first Peter three, three, um, the beauty shouldn't come from outward adornment, such as braided hair or the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, mm-hmm. the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's pursuing that in you, th- like that's your pickup line guys. And I see within you a gentle and quiet spirit. And that beauty will never fade. And they're gonna be like, "Whoa, right. one first how do you three, how do you three. see how do you see that? Because we just met. You want to get to know that over time. Yeah. Um. And so that that allows you to slow play. And a, a lot of these things that I'm gonna throw at you, maybe really quick, slow play that. If they're if they're elevating your character over their physical attraction to you, the only way they get to that point is with time. Yeah. You don't know somebody's character by seeing them in the corner coffee shop reading the Bible. I mean, that, that's a good start. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not, that's not going to be the ultimate play. And so, so I look at that one and the next one that we would go like negative, they're dating for, for clarity, not for intimacy. If we're going to date, it shouldn't be like how physically far can we get in the first couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, more so, you know, when guys come up, it's like, Hey, when is it right to hold their hand? Hey, when is it right to, I'm going to be like uh, marriage. I mean, that's really, that's the yeah. only time the Bible prescribes it. Mm-hmm. And I've said it from stage before then the type of relationship you're in right now is either they're an unbeliever and you're a believer or they're a sister and you're a brother and you teach, you treat them how you would treat a sister mm-hmm. because the father is watching. And so imagine you're related and dad's in the living room looking at you. How far would you go? And Caleb just went, that's weird. <laughs> and it should be like, that should be your measure. Yeah. That's not because, because I prescribe the laws that my boys know, like nothing after midnight, nothing in the dark, nothing sitting down like those things, mm-hmm. which means like I've allowed them to in the daylight, stand up and kiss somebody. And I don't know if, if I would like that, if it was brother and sister in there. And so I understand culturally, it's a little bit different, mm-hmm. but are they pursuing you just to clarify what type of character you have, or do they want to, mm. you know, touch you often is, I guess the best way to say that. Um, Icky. And, and, and then, and, and then maybe this is for the boys because we, I will often protectively like teach the, the way for girls to think. Um, but guys, if, if you're dating a girl and she thinks that marriage is going to be the thing that completes her. And so she grabs a hold of you really tight and like, Hey, you, when, are, when am I getting the ring? When are we going to ring shop and all of those things? thinking that that's going to be the thing that completes her. That's a red flag mm. um, because her satisfaction, of course, Sunday school answer should be found, should be found in Jesus. In Jesus. Mm. Um, and it's pretty simple uh, because if she, if she wasn't satisfied w- with her relationship with everybody else before you, she's not going to be after you're not going to complete. Please know that that's not going to be a thing no. um, for you. Uh, if uh, they're not seeking God more than they're seeking you. If they're not sacrificing time with you to get to know Jesus mm. um, on a personal level, that, that should just be a measure. Are there moments when they call me and go, hey, I, I just really, <laughs> nothing against you. I'm not questioning our relationship or anything, man. I just need to hang out with the father for a while. Mm. Cool. Hey, Phil's going. Check out this. 
You want to see that? <laughs> 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 that broke out a big head. No He's up. Um, and, and then the last one, again, it, it really circles back to the first one. Um, when Paul says that, a that a woman is free to be married to anyone that she wishes in first Corinthians chapter seven, hmm. he puts a, a, a tagline there that says only in the Lord, you're free to do what you want in the Lord. Hmm. And, and so if that's not your foundation for lifelong companionship that starts when you're dating, that's the unequally yoked rule. That's all of those things. Um, and it goes all the way back to just viewing them. Like, can you, can you see that this person is functioning only in the Lord? Mm. And if they're not, like, if you have a check in your spirit about that at any point, run, you're not going to mess up your future marriage. You're not like, you're not playing God at that point. You're being wise and going for now. I don't see this in you. I'm out. Um, mm. it may come full circle. And, and the Lord redeemed that relationship. But, but I would be like, run from that. Don't, don't try to fix it. Um, you know, the, the missionary dating thing is a terrible play. It's mm. a good word. We, had, we actually had a question submitted. Uh, maybe this is a little bit more, more practical. Um, but the question, I'll just read it verbatim. It says, what is the right way for Christians to look for a spouse in college? My guess is probably like, on the esque of like, is it dating apps? Is it in the church? Can they be outside of the church that you go to? Um, like what is the right way to, to look for a spouse in college? I think for one, I've heard the cliche. I don't, I think the more and more that I've heard it, the less and less I like it. And it's like the, you'll, you'll find somebody when you're not looking. And I'm like, (laughs) that's dumb. That's not true at all. And so I think, I think, I think like, what are some, some good practical ways to be looking? Um, again, like we, we mentioned community earlier, but the people that know you around you, if they know you well enough, they know your desire, they know your heart to be married, right? They know your, your desire for companionship. And likewise for a girl, I'll just speak from the guy's perspective, a girl, if she's involved in good community, they're going to know that she also probably has the desire for companionship. And so the way that I would see it is that you would have people around you helping you by saying, Hey, like, what do you think about this person? Like she is, she seems really, really awesome. What, what do you think? Because I think that we as Christians can do a lot of good when we, um, do things together with our, our community rather than just trying to like look and find and, and ask and, and seek on our own. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I like to go back to, to song of Solomon where, the girl's friends are, are encouraging her to, to seek after this guy because of his character again, not because of the, their chemistry, but because of his character. So, hmm. yeah, I don't think you need to add to that really what Caleb said. It's perfect. <laughs> like if you, if you want to pursue or to find someone to date in college, do so in community, do so really loud, out loud. Um, and, and surround yourself with people that are, that have common interest and common likes that of course the foundation is Jesus and then expand that um, mm-hmm. because you're going to want to be around somebody that likes to do the same things that you do um, for the rest of your life. And because culturally in the Bible, it was uh, let the community pick your spouse. That's not wild. Uh, That's insane. What aspects of that can still be alive now where you let your community yeah. go, Hey, it's, it's wise that you do this. And it's unwise if you don't. That, that, I quoted this last year. Matt Chandler said, one sure way to walk in foolishness in a romantic relationship is to date someone who troubles the godly counselors in your life. Mm. Wow. 
And so one, which means you have to have godly counselors speaking into your life. Yeah. Two, you have to be known to the point that you go, I'm thinking about this person in this way. What say you mm. and be okay with their answer. Yeah. That's, that's important. Um, but then make the, the reverse true. Mm. One way to walk in wisdom in romantic relationships is to pursue somebody who excites the godly counselors in your life, who says yeah. the gospels of utmost importance and you two together are going to make war against the yeah. devil in a powerful way, bro, you should run and then go, well, she's not a blonde and I like prefer, no run. Um, and, and see what God does. Yeah. That's good. No, yeah. I, and I like that. Cause I think if we're honest, I think a lot of times we, as Christians, we have these super, super high expectations. Um, and, and because of that, we have a, we have a sense of pride about us where it's like, she has to be this, or for girls, it's, he has to be this, mm. right? I've, I've heard guys that are like, well, she has to be blonde. Like John said, or she has to be brunette. And I've heard girls that are like, well, he has to be six two. Uh, <laughs> maybe next week. <laughs> Sorry. Is it like my driver's license height? <laughs> or like, Stop. And so I think, I think that's really good because I think that if we are humble enough to listen to godly counsel yeah. and to avoid ungodly counsel, then we'll really have a lot more um, victory in, in those things than we think we will. Because I think a lot of times where we don't have success, or we relationships don't work out or um, things work out a little bit, but then turn for a, an, an unbiblical turn. It's because we didn't really listen to godly counsel mm. or because we were too prideful to even surround ourselves with godly counsel in the first place. Mm, that's good. Uh, I'll leave uh, y'all with the, with the main closing, but I guess one thing for, for me on the closing is I think a lot of times people go, okay, dating's not in the Bible. And so God is ignorant to dating. And that's, that's <laughs> not, that's not the truth at all. Um, take courage because God is very much aware of what is happening uh, within your relational life. Uh, whether that be dating, whether that be even in friendship circles, like take, take encouragement in that, that God is, highly values your community, um, mm. and, and loves to see you flourish in those communities. And so, um, don't view, it's hard, uh, especially in college to, to view dating in such a positive light, but, but it should be a positive force for the gospel. So, yeah, th that's important to end on. I think the church has done a poor job Hear this, everybody out there, um, of highlighting the importance of marriage battling against divorce, mm. fighting for relationships, mm -hmm. when the Bible is really prescriptively clear yeah. that this is a reflection of how Christ loves the church. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go, you can go Ephesians, you can go Colossians, you can go to all those places and go, he shares this relationship in the same way that he shares the hope of the world, mm. which is the, the local church and what Jesus did for it. And so we talk about this in, in premarital. We talk about that in relationships. If God highly values that so, so much to share it and to use it as a teaching example, then why would he not be concerned, intimately involved, yeah. prescriptive towards um, your steps towards marriage? And we now culturally do that in dating. And, and man, don't put God in the box to, to mm -hmm. not think that he's like the most in check with all cultural things in every culture, not yeah. just America. Like don't think we've wiggled outside of his plan. That's foolishness. Mm -hmm. Um, have we done some things wrong? Sure. Um, but, but he's allowed dating to be a cultural thing within the church. And I believe that he's concerned about it, mm -hmm. but it's still, the Bible still is prescriptive on how you treat one another. And, and so where this is Paul, it's the irritation of Paul. 
Um, he prescribes a few things. Yep. He describes a lot of things and he goes, use wisdom for these things that I don't clearly point you in a direction to, to walk in the direction that God wants you to. Mm. That's how you grow in your faith. It's good. Yeah. Any final words, Caleb? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think something that encourages me because obviously all of you listening, you know, that I'm not, I'm married. I'm not married at this point. I'm not dating anybody, but I think mm-hmm. something that encourages me is the, is the story of Ruth, right? That the, the primary example of the story of Ruth is not dating. It's not uh, marriage even, but look at the story of Ruth, right? She was married to this guy who then dies. So then she goes back with Naomi to, to, you know, Israel and to Bethlehem and Judah, I believe. And, she is is single, and, and so is Naomi, and, and there's really no provision for them. And yet Ruth chapter 2 verse 3 says that she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. In other words, it, seems, it seems like it was just, just an accident, that it just happened to be that she came into the field of Boaz. And yet you learn in the rest of the story that Boaz was a close relative to Elimelech, who was Naomi's husband, and it it so happens that Boaz basically is the closest relative that can be the uh, redeemer of of the of the, that family, and he Kinsman then redeemer. marries Ruth, and then we're told that um, in in chapter four verse thirteen, so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son, and that son just so happened to be Dave or to be Obed. It was the father of um, Jesse, and Jesse then fathered David. And so we see in this that even though the situation seemed hopeless, um, even though Ruth was was single and, and there seemed to be no redemption for the, her and her family, God provided Boaz to be um, a husband and to be um, that word that we were using in companionship with her. And from this this destitute situation came David, the king, and later came came Jesus. And so I think even for us in our in our hopelessness or in our um, relationships, we have to see again that God desires that we would we would have companionship, and that God sees our our hopelessness. He saw the hopelessness of Ruth and Naomi, and He provided. Um, sure, it didn't look the way that they thought it would, or, or that maybe that you think it will. But but God will provide in your your hopelessness and in your desire for companionship. God will provide. Mm, I love it. Well, I guess uh, I guess we'll see you guys this Sunday in the sad <laughs> series. We're just gonna be talking all about dating, and so uh, you'll get your your yearly share of the the dating talks. I guess singers. We yeah, we're they're gonna have like seven hundred people there probably. Seven hundred what people? Oh, people. Joke. Invite your friends. It's fine. Yeah, bring them in. It's always it's always good to hear about yeah know, how to approach these things in a in a godly way. So agreed. All right, I didn't well, sing my song. Sing it next week. Next week. Okay. Bye.